This is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. And so the church sends us out with a bang. Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And the church gives us this very uh, familiar gospel passage. And we take the message, we, we think the message is pretty clear, right? That Jesus as King will judge us on how we treat everyone else. That he identifies himself with everyone else and how we treat others, that's how we treat Jesus. And yes, that is true, and we'll be judged in that way. But only secondarily is that the point. The primary point is something different today. Jesus is making this point, that he has our back. That our king is the king of the universe. He is the king of everyone and everything, and that he has our back. In the Old Covenant, and we see this when we read the Old Testament, that God, the Lord of Israel, is constantly treating the nations, those who are not the Jews, not Israel, not his people, how they treat his people. So if these other nations are persecuting, going after his people, Israel, he will go after them. He will destroy those other nations for how they treat his people, his Israel. God will reward or punish others on how they treated, whether good or bad, his people, Israel. And it's the same thing today in our gospel. Because our gospel says that all the nations will be assembled before him. In this context, we should read the nations not as the whole world, each and every single person, but rather the nations referring to those who are not a part of God's people. Everyone else. Because later on, Jesus speaks about how the nations treated the least of his brothers of mine. Those brothers and sisters are his followers, his people, if you will, the new Israel. So you have the nations, those who are not belonging to his people, and Jesus' people, the new Israel, his followers, and the nations, the other people, are going to be rewarded or punished based on how they treated his people. Consider this context in our gospel when Jesus is saying this before his passion, before he would send out his followers into the world, his people into the world who would encounter great resistance, persecution, even martyrdom. Jesus is telling them not to worry that their leader, he, Jesus of Nazareth, isn't just their king, but he's the king of the universe. And so he will judge those people and everyone on how they treated his followers. He has, Jesus has, his people's back. Consider how consoling this gospel was for the early church, the early Christians especially, on how much they suffered for the faith. Consider how powerful and consoling this gospel is today for our brothers and sisters across the world our Christian brothers and sisters who are persecuted in many ways for their faith. Jesus is saying that he has their back. It's like your big brother 
on the block. Your big brother isn't um, just a big brother, but he's actually the biggest brother on the block. He has your back. You have, no, you have nothing to worry because the one who you are loyal to, the one who is taking care of you, is the strongest and the biggest and the most powerful. Again, our king is the king. Then when we acknowledge that Jesus is the king of the universe, Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that he has our back, then it makes sense to make Jesus our king, the king in our, my own life, allowing him to reign in my heart. When we realize this, we can't help but make Jesus king of our lives and our heart. My brothers and sisters, this means rooting out sin, rooting out evil in our lives. Because God cannot reign where there is sin. God and evil are in God and sin and evil are incompatible. In the office of readings this morning, there's a beautiful reading from Origen, one of our church fathers. He said this If we wish God to reign in us, in no way should sin reign in our mortal body. There should be a sort of spiritual paradise, a sort of spiritual garden in our heart and soul, where God can walk around freely, where he can be the sole ruler. There should be a spiritual paradise, a spiritual garden in our hearts and soul, where God is free to reign. That is the lifelong project, my friends, the project we are called to, the rooting out of evil and sin in our lives, the reigning of God in our souls, to root out anything that resists his authority, anything contrary to it, to root out gossip, to root out lust, anger, resentment, entitlement, bitterness, unforgiveness, drunkenness, sloth, envy, greed, pride, and vanity. Etc. to root out all those sins and all that evil in our souls so that Jesus can reign as king. I've spoken before about the consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus. We have this beautiful statue here. And the consecration of this to the sacred heart of Jesus is especially that. We make Jesus king. We make Jesus king of our lives. There's a beautiful ceremony you can do at your homes where you take a picture of Jesus and his sacred heart and you put it on the walls and you say these prayers. You and your family, they kneel down and we say this consecration prayer saying, Jesus will be the king of my home. Jesus will be the Lord of my family. It's a beautiful thing to consecrate your home and your family to this. A beautiful ceremony. Again, contact me and be happy to do this with you and for you. It's a beautiful thing to have Jesus enthroned as king in our homes and family. My friends, making Jesus king of my life is worth it because he is the king. Having Jesus reign in my heart makes sense. Being faithful, even having to face injustice for our faith, is worth it. Why? Because Jesus is the king, the king of the universe. Jesus has your back, and he will take care of you.